Yo, what's up, friends? Welcome back to the local podcast. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Greensburg Video. That's my video and photography company located right here on Main Street in Greensburg. If you and your company are up for some fresh ideas and some engaging content, look no further than Greensburg Video. Speaking of advertising, you can do that for your business right here on the local podcast. If you're interested in that, hit me up at thelocal724.com. But enough of this palaver. Let's get the show on the road. Welcome to the Local 724 Podcast in 3, 2, 1. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Local Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Hauser. Today in studio, we have Ryan, of course, our co-host. We have Pamela and we have Tara. Uh, today, we're really going to be talking about um, the speech from St. Vincent that kind of kind of dipped its toe mm-hmm. into some very murky waters. Um, but uh, mainly I wanted to see what you guys think. Tara, Tara, you've been on our show before. I have. How are you? Thanks ya? for having me again. Yeah, absolutely. I'm okay. Outside of continuing to combat these kind of things. Um, so this is kind of like my opening thought. So from my perspective... And my freedom of speech, which was referenced to a lot on social media from community members about this particular speech that he was expressing his freedom of speech. So I'm going to express mine now. There you go. Uh, Insert sarcasm, (laughs) Um, which I'll elaborate a little bit on that on that later. But my my kind of recap and intro is so the title of this speech was Mm. Black Privilege Racial Hysteria in Contemplating America, which you can find on the college website. Right. Um, If you go under their website and go under academics, it's under the Center for Political and Economic Thought, and it's under their lecture series. And that lecture series is called Cultural and Policy Conference 2022. And I say all that to kind of preface this because it's really important to see where this is coming from and how they have it listed and categorized uh, from their viewpoint. I would not put this speech under Cultural and Policy Conference 2022. (laughs) So this is part of the Center for Political and Economic Thought. Um... And it is a disciplinary public affairs institution of St. Vincent College. It sponsors research and education programs, primarily in the fields of politics, economics, and moral cultural affairs. The center seeks to advise or to advance scholarship on philosophical and policy concerns related to freedom in Western civilization, with particular regard to the American experience. So I kind of wanted to just, again, Mm -hmm. preface Mm -hmm. this. If you can bear with me, I just want to read their mission statement real quick. Sure. So their mission statement is, um, the mission of the Center for Political and Economic Thought at St. Vincent College is to promote scholarship and informed discussion on political economic and moral cultural principles, problems and controversies and on the public policy questions arising out of them. The center seeks to understand and reinforce the intellectual and social underpinnings of a free and well-ordered society with a particular emphasis on the American experience. Yeah. Hmm. 
So I, there's that. There is, there's your notes. There's a, you know, these are well thought out. Um, but just let's get into the brass tacks of it. Tell mm-hmm. me, uh, Pamela and Tara, you two, obviously, uh, African-American women. Mm-hmm. What, what about this speech really kind of hit you uh, very, very strange uh, right off the bat? For me, I want to know about this black privilege. I got to get hold of this. <laughs> right? Come on now. <laughs> right? Well, according to him, Kamala Harris has it. Vice President Kamala Harris. Right. Um, our new uh, Supreme Justice um, has it. Yes. Um, Justice Brown Jackson mm-hmm. has it. Mm-hmm. Um, he specified in there that Kamala Harris has it thanks to her father, quote unquote. I'm sorry, right. thanks to her dad. Mm. Yeah. Um, because he's who brought about her blackness. Because um, he's Jamaican. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Yes. Oh, wasn't that special? Right. To, say that. <laughs> to me, it's like, it's almost like the abuser blaming the abusee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And we just get hit over and over and over again. It just, it brings up things that have happened to us individually and collectively. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and here's what I want to ask you. So here we are once again, talking about something like this. I, is this just an exhausting topic to continuously have to? <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and this isn't something that, that you necessarily get dragged into, but you're, you're willing to stand up and talk about it because right. this, this requires a response in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, I mean, this college is in our backyard. Yeah. Right. But the Pittsburgh Steelers practice there. Mm-hmm. That is their training camp for now. That's, uh, that's what I pointed <laughs> out. I yeah. want to know what their position is about this. It's, it's insane feel? to me. Uh, I grew up right next. I mean, we lived in a neighborhood right beside St. Vincent. Um, you know, as kids, we would go there and watch basketball games. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always, it's, it's a very uh, beautiful, picturesque place. Uh, so, you know, we'd go there, walk around campus, uh, take walks there. I used to play hockey there. Um, and it just like, it was really shocking when I first saw the video to be like, Oh my God, this happened at St. Vincent. Like I never would have thought that something like that would take, uh, take place there. And and you know what? We can't excuse the fact that it wasn't just one or two people, several, maybe 12 or 15. It was hundreds and hundreds of people that have seen this Mm -hmm. and, um, that they are troubled by it. So what, what does that say? Right. Well, according to them, um, there are some people that, including the lady that was filming this, agreeing with him behind the scenes. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't understand. Like I heard her like agreeing at some parts and mm-hmm. then he did say something throughout the speech that people laughed at because I I thought that it was because of the absurdity of what he said. And I heard the lady filming it uh, laugh and so I didn't know what side of the of the fence she was sitting I, on. I did, I did hear, my perception of it was that she was agreeing with him because okay. she had a lot of mm-hmm behind the okay. camera. Um, like an amen in church, that's right. Right, yeah. Um, so I took it as she was agreeing with him. I think some of the laughing came from, I was confused on the part where he referred to somebody in the audience. It was a faculty member, I believe. Yeah. 
And it was, I took it as like, he's like, I'm not co-signing this. And then he was like, well, I'd like to hear from you in the Q and a section. Right. Um, but the original point was there's, there were so many people that were in agreement with this. And that is what is truly disturbing to me. And as little as that may be compared to the people that are upset about this, mm-hmm. It's still the focus is on the wrong thing, right? You know what I mean? Absolutely. And again, the word that comes to me is minimization. I think this is what people of color are tired of. Um, This entire experience continues to minimize what we go through. Let's not even talk about what we've been through, right? Mm -hmm. As he clearly pointed out, that would be ludicrous to do because he validates slavery. But in today's society. When we still have to deal with everyday things that non-minorities do, say, places they go, et cetera, and we don't have the same experience, when that ends, then we'll stop talking about this. Mm-hmm. Right. When I don't have to worry about my sons coming home safely, um, then we'll stop talking about this. When I can go to the grocery store or a restaurant and have the same experience, as my non-minority friends, then we'll stop talking about this. Right on. Stop minimizing what is going on. Let's not even, the, the kids, that the students, the young adults, and the staff members, because I don't want to just say that it's only black people that were impacted by this. Of course, that's not the case. No, no it's not. But can we talk about the awkwardness on campus right now? And I oh, have no, a son yeah. who goes to this college, by the way. Who gets our tuition money? Mm-hmm. Um, what does he have to say about it? He is truly disturbed. I've talked to a couple of the students there. Um, the awkwardness, the hurt that they feel, uh, they're already having a hard time fitting in because a lot of the students, unlike my son, a lot of the students are coming in from different diverse areas. Mm-hmm. So when they get here, it's, it's a culture shock already. Mm-hmm. And then you have to deal with this. On right. top of it, yeah. some who were sitting in this very auditorium listening to this, like it's insane. It's just mind blowing. Um, I just feel like, again, the minimization of this uh, is just is really what's got my blood boiling. Yeah. There's no recognition for in his speech and some of the things I'm seeing on social media. Um there's just no acknowledgement, no validation about what we're going through. He talked about it like this was a past thing and like we should be over it by now because you have this black privilege, Pam. So yeah. you should be happy. The Obama girls that he referred to, right? they should be grateful that they have black privilege for God's sake. Their dad was president and they got to live in the white house and they still have, I think he's jealous, right? (laughs) Yeah. And I did want to point out one part about that specific piece when he was talking about, uh, Obama's kids. It's very funny to me how he decided to say that they're more privileged than anyone in West Virginia instead of Chicago. That's where they're from. Wow. Uh, because there's there's rich people in Chicago. There are, uh, just like in New York, mm-hmm. uh, how you have uh, all the affluent uh, billionaires row and all that stuff. Uh, in Chicago, you also have an uh, you know an Upper East Side, if you want to call it that or whatever. But it it was just funny to me that he he decided to go West Virginia. <laughs> 
Like he was all over the place. He was. His insight is just, and I, you brought up a good point. I feel like the undercurrent of some of the racial issues that still go on is connected to the jealousy piece. Mm. You know, like, and you're angry. Not you, as in you. I turned and looked at you. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm not angry. (laughs) (laughs) But those that are speaking this rhetoric, to me, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. seem angry, like you said, jealous and scared. It's like you see us advancing. You see us jumping these hurdles. You see us fighting for the equality and getting some of it. We're not there yet fully. And that scares, I think, non-minorities. I don't understand yeah. why. Some. I don't understand why either. Well, I, <laughs> I, so to your point exactly, my insight on that was that I think a lot of people have this idea that they're somehow the hero or the protagonist of reality, right? Everything is all about them. Mm-hmm. And here's an individual who's giving a lecture who is starting to notice that all of a sudden everything is not about him. And so what he needs to do is push down everybody who uh, maybe is getting some footing in society, we'll say. Uh, It's extremely insular because if you really pay attention to everything he's saying, it's really all about how he's upset with the current way that society is. So it's right. all his perspective. Right. He doesn't use many facts or citations exactly. or anything to back up. It's, Thank it's you. really just a narrative of his life, how he sees things yeah. right now. Right. And, and that's the scary part of this is because this is not an academic discussion that that's being said. This is a, this is a grown man who's essentially complaining with the way the world is right. Right. Now. Which is why I took the time to read their mission statement because the very department that, this is under, so whether they personally hired him, they had to go through the president, whatever, this is under your department. This is who you have on your speaking series. This is not, this doesn't match your mission statement right? at all. And, and let's point out that uh, they probably covered his expenses. Oh, I'm sure of it. Definitely. They covered, um, and we're not even talking about what he, they paid him mm-hmm. to speak there. Right. So somebody better speak up about this. Yeah. Um, from what I know, uh, just from what I have been able to see on, on Facebook is that, uh, this gentleman's from Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, I'm sorry. I got to laugh. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. He said that he admitted Canadian, that. Yeah. Canadian mm-hmm. guy. Um, well, is who, it that special? who has issues, uh, you know, with minorities, obviously. Um, and it, it's just, it's, it's weird to me that the correlation between like his, his disdain for Kamala Harris, uh, and is so, uh, it's, it's just so obvious. He just, uh, you know, like he, he can't stand that she is a type of woman that is strong and will do what she wants to do, uh, to make things work. She will meet a problem head on. Um, and it's very funny to me that, he doesn't respect that because she'll do what she wants. But the other side of the uh, political aisle praises the old, uh, the old white guy, the Donald Trump for doing what he wants and shaking it up. Um, Because he walks in the white privilege of being able to do so. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But But when she does it, right, right. and, And this professor is from Hillsdale college. He's a, and so that's a traditionally very extremely conservative college. So he's coming 
right. armed with that. And, uh, you know, he, he's talking to a Catholic university. Mm-hmm. So he, mm-hmm. he brought out that verse. Of, he felt really comfortable. Yeah. He was like, a, why, uh, talk about the, the moat in your own eye instead of looking at the plank in your own eye. Yeah. 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 Matthew quote. So, yeah. um, you could tell he was coming from a certain perspective of probably only ever thinking that way, never going outside of his own views, just here's what I have to say and I'm going to put it out there. Right. Yeah. Some of the feedback that I've seen on social media, including on some of my posts, and I say this with all due respect to the people that commented on it, uh, we'll just have to agree to disagree. But one of the comments that I got, um, and then I've seen on other people's posts, uh, it was the same theme. Like, Two points. Look at this as an educational experience for minority students to be exposed to what's going on out there Mm -hmm. and what's being taught. Mm -hmm. And it gives them the space to kind of empower themselves and others in this situation, this gentleman that spoke. Um by speaking up against it. So if I'm put in this space, then I can educate you about what you're saying is wrong. Right. And I get that, but I educate my kids at home about what's going on. They can turn on the news and see what's going on. Um, they are aware that there's a KKK out there here in Westmoreland County. Yeah. Um, I don't need them to come to St. Vincent uh, College and share what they do, how they do it, why they do it, how they feel. Right. In order yeah. for my kids to right become aware of that. Be, be educated, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, they can go to the courthouse where they protest in the square to do that. You know, right. hey, that's a place to have freedom of speech. That's the other thing I saw again. This was, you know, this this is his freedom of speech. That was the other point, you know? So even the people saying it may have not agreed with him, but yet again, they minimize the traumatic impact of this tsunami Mm. experience by saying that, well, he was expressing his freedom of speech. Right. You're right. But on a college campus, absolutely not. Yeah. Use your own platform use your own house, go out into the streets and preach it, stand at the courthouse. But in a environment like that, where we're paying tuition for our child to go there Mm -hmm. and all the other parents, however they're getting it, I don't care if it's through FOSFA out of my own pocket, whatever. At the end of the day, it's coming out of my pocket. So how is that a place to implement freedom of speech? Right. I personally, um, you know, with college and it's really a, a place for people to find themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tend to agree that there should be some more provocative conversations that take place in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. You know, and it, and, and that is an educational piece in itself. Just, but this topic specifically over the last how many years, um, has just been used as a wedge to divide society. And I don't think that anybody in their right mind could have, like, you know, maybe read this guy's speech ahead of time and said, this is a great fucking idea. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I don't think anyone's saying Well, it. and I, I can speak to this because I um, have taught at universities for years. And yeah. I teach now. I'm a professor now. And uh, so there is a side 
that says that higher education is under attack because this used to be a place where we could have educated discussions, confrontations, battle things out, and all learn within the confines of a safe mm-hmm. classroom environment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And on that, there are a couple instances where I completely agree that uh, higher education doesn't have the freedom to have those discussions. However, this is not a classroom setting where you have a professor leading a discussion where it comes to a positive Mm -hmm. educational outcome. This is a person talking down to a bunch of individuals about about their views. So I saw a lot of comments about, well, this is, this is a college camp. You're supposed to be educated and all those types of things. Yes, but that's not what the students are paying for. That's Mm -hmm. not where the tuition is going. This is simply someone putting plastering their views right into a crowd of people yeah. and they right. didn't even know where it was coming from they were we were all blindsided right yeah there were to my understanding from what my son was telling me there were students that um they were told about the event okay no details of the event but like hey there's this event going on in such and such hall if you go there you'll get extra credit points mm-hmm. oh, okay i'm a student like okay I'll go get some extra credit points. They walked into that so blindly, which just magnifies the trauma to me. Again, mm-hmm. not to just the minority students, to but everyone. to everyone that yeah. gives a shit about what happened in that room. Yeah. And again, I agree. It's let's have these conversations. Sit down and tell me that you're angry about what's going on with the advancement of people of color. Let's have a conversation about it. But that, like you said, was not a conversation. This was right. a man standing there, a white man at that, who was talking down to everybody in that room, except mm-hmm. for the people that agreed with him. And he wasn't and even like American. Him. Right, yeah. That's, that's the... <laughs> that's the yeah. Slap me with a piece of Canadian bacon, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, just like like Ryan said, it was, it was an opinion piece. Yeah. Uh, St. Vincent College paid a Canadian guy uh, of I'm know, sure a, bit a white <laughs> Canadian guy mm. uh, to come here and give an opinion piece. Yeah. Uh, I do want to play uh, some of the speech. And uh, when you guys hear a topic or something that you'd like to discuss further, we can go ahead and hit the pause button. But just in case, like the people that are listening to this haven't heard the speech or kind of really know... Um, as far in depth as, as we know, I've listened to it about like, I don't know, 700 times. Um, <laughs> so it just, uh, let's go ahead and play that real quick. Interpretation Journal of Political Philosophy has appeared on national television in the United States, Canada, the United Kingdom. There's and Canada. Can you pause that first? Yep. <laughs> it's 10 seconds in and I'm like <laughs> on the edge of my Jumping seat. at the bit. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to misquote it, but it sounds like to me there he's shouting out some random people in the crowd. And he says, I don't know if it played already or not, but he says that he's known them for a long time. Yep. Right. Yeah. So again, that adds the, the uncomfortability piece for me that there are staff members and faculty members on this campus that not only agree with this gentleman, but they 
are considered friends and associates with him. They support him. They right. support his beliefs. And so it's like one thing, if he comes in and does this damage and leaves this horrible stain on St. Vincent, and now the students have to muddle through that. But now I have to look at you and you and you and you and you and you and, you and wonder like, are you who he's referring to? Right, are exactly. you the professor that, you know, are you the maintenance guy that's like agreeing with this? Like, that's a horrible feeling to walk around, like, not really knowing, like, who's on your side and who's not. Right, yeah. I mean, and I'll tell you right now, if I was in that room, that would have been so incredibly awkward for me. Mm-hmm. I would have just been like, what is happening here? Well, like, you can see within even the first minute, there's people in the front row kind of looking backwards. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like is this, this right? a joke? Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw and that. that would, I would die a thousand times if I locked eyes with a black kid sitting at the front of the room mm-hmm. and he yeah. looked back at me, I would just be like, like, what the fuck? Don't, right. I, I'm, this isn't me. This does mm-hmm. not I don't, yeah. Yeah. Let's go back to it real quick. This is St. Vincent College for the first time and I must say it's a beautiful campus and I think we're all very lucky to have such fine professors. Uh, my topic this afternoon is uh, the concept of black privilege in America today. And I thought I would begin by illustrating it with an anecdote. If Kamala Harris's father were not Jamaican, she would not be Vice President of the United States of America today. <sighs> Thanks to him, Harris qualifies not just as a person of color, but as a person of the most important color, because in America today we have a semi-official racial hierarchy called BIPOC, Black Indigenous People of Color, and then of course, come whites. During the Democratic primaries... So, you see my pay? Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what it was like. I, I just, wow. Yeah, my chin would be on the ground. Uh, <sighs> I, the one thing that I noticed is, uh, yeah, there's no greeting. There's no real, like, good morning. Hey, guys, we're going to be talking about a really uh, provocative topic. Um, this is, this might be a shock. No warning whatsoever. He says, I want to start with an anecdote, which an anecdote is a short, amusing story. Right. Uh, that's not what he said. He said Kamala Harris would not be the vice president if exactly. her father was not Jamaican. Right. And then he goes on to say about her being female as well. Right. Um, because Joe Biden wanted a female in there. It was important. So because she's black and because, because she's biracial and because she is a woman, she is sitting in the seat, not because of her intelligence. And again, this, this goes back to, and he even insults her father, which right. I'll let you play that. But he even, um, th- he reminded me of the experience again, that we just witnessed on national television for how many days that that went on with the Supreme court justice hearings oh, yeah. where that was she horrendous. was ripped to shreds yeah. and asked asinine questions that she would not ask anybody else sitting in that seat. Mm. Right. She was mm-hmm. literally humiliated. Mm-hmm. And I just like, this just took me there when, when he said that about, um, about her, about uh, vice president Harris. Yeah. And the, and the hierarchy. Right. Yeah. The hierarchy. Yeah. It's that, a new hierarchy. Now, if you didn't know, you're, right. you're beneath me. That is what, <laughs> <laughs> that is what oh, angry people have been saying forever. He's like a little kid. He yeah. is. He's like, oh, and I used to work at a machine shop. So I heard all kinds of shit right. all the time, all the time. And that is something that guys would say all the time. The white male sits in third place at this point. 
And it's like, what? What are you talking about? And he's like, black people, women, white guy. And it's like, really? I mean, I was in high school and I was just like, yeah, I don't really think that's how that goes, man. Like they just really like project their feelings out to the universe uh, just so freely and so just like haphazardly, mm-hmm. I guess you would say. Like it's, it's, it's just insane. And that's what this guy's doing. It's nuts. He's yeah. like the machine shop. Uh, he's got a machine shop mouth on him, but uh, clearly he was fed from the silver spoon. <laughs> uh, Joe Biden, you may remember, announced that he would only select a woman to be vice president. This was in 2020, the year of George Floyd, and therefore it was clear that this would be a black woman. And so we ended up with our real-life feet. Kamala, it is time for us to do what we've been doing in that time is every day, Harris. Now, I don't find it surprising that Kamala Harris has refused to acknowledge her black privilege or her female privilege. Instead, the vice president has been complaining to her inner circle, the New York Times reports this, that she would be getting better press coverage if she weren't a black woman. I mean, you heard that right. Our first affirmative action vice president is blaming her unpopularity not on her unpleasantness or incompetence, but on prejudice. That was and here's the best part. I figured that was going to be a pause point right there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was the word I was trying wow. to think of earlier, incompetence. Right. Like, how dare you? Seriously. Yeah. I, I just, and, and the fact that he even brought up in the same sentence about George Floyd, that this was the year of George Floyd. Right. Mm, mm, mm. Mm-hmm. And therefore, like, you know, this is another thing I'm tired of. Like, we're going to appease the people of color by giving them something to shut them up. So we're sorry that you watched a black man, somebody's son, somebody's uncle, somebody's father, somebody's brother, somebody's partner, literally be murdered and suffocated to death in public on a city street. Mm-hmm. We're sorry. Now you got your VP. Are you happy? You know, like, that's how I hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, it makes no sense. Right. And to the point you made earlier about minimalizing all this stuff, that's, I mean, he really glazed over that. And, you know, there's so much that I want to say about, like, that piece of it is just, like, he really kind of just glazes over these points, these big points mm-hmm. to make way for his uh for lack of a better term his shitty opinions and that's really kind of all that's all this is well that's what i was saying before because this this isn't an academic lecture no, or no. discussion this is just him insulting people like right. I, I i didn't quite catch the um what he calls kamala the nickname he uses in that really long sentence Kamala, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I, did, I don't understand um, what that was. But it's, I, it's clearly an insult. And then course. he goes on and, and says that she's incompetent and, and things like that. So, again, mm-hmm. if, if this is truly a topic that he wants to have a discussion about, I think, you, Terry, you brought that up earlier, and, and wants to bounce this off and have, have that discussion, we, we, we wouldn't be sitting here probably. But right, this, right, is, right. This, is just, this is just a complaint piece of, of insulting and an individual just being upset with the way things are. And St. Right. Vincent paid for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's very goofy to me that 
he saw the previous administration as competent and, uh, you know, doing all the great things. I, d- I don't understand uh, where he is. To be 100% truthful, uh, Kamala Harris, you really don't hear too much from. No, yeah. you don't. Which I'm kind of she's very, she's very quiet, very like reserved, and she's doing her job, and you really don't hear much. Mm-hmm. Um, where in the previous administration, it was Trump and Pence all the time. You know, those two doing whatever they were doing, they were supporting each other by being at each other's, you know, every beck and call and stuff like that. Right. And it just, uh, I don't understand why, why the disdain for her. I just don't. I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier about the jealousy and the fear and the anger that yeah. that provokes. He talks about like the term visible uh, privilege and I thought, you know, visible privilege, what that got us is murdered. Exactly. Um, tell that to Samir Rice's parents exactly. or George Floyd's mother or family members. I know she passed away. Um, like, tell that to Drayvon Martin's parents mm-hmm. that they have visible privilege, that right. they have black privilege. And he, he does say something further into the speech that... Uh, where he tries to kind of clean up a little bit of his mess. He says, uh, now I'm not talking about, you know, what has previously been done uh, to the black community. I'm talking about, uh, you know, now I'm talking about America now. And I was sitting there thinking like, man, there's no, uh, there's definitely no privilege now. Uh, have you seen the news? I mean, have you seen right. people being dragged out of their car and fucking shot because they want to keep their their phones on just to try and keep them safe? That's a last ditch effort to stay mm-hmm. the fuck alive. Right. And you're being shot for it. Um, or to get justice after you right. are dead because mm-hmm. now it's on record. Right. Yeah, but he, he does make that comment later in the thing and that was the first uh, place I went. I'm going to play some more of this here. We're supposed to believe that the previous 48 vice presidents, including Dick Cheney, who the press would say was shooting his friends for sport when they would go hunting, that they were somehow getting a free pass from the press because they were white men. Uh, This is a Catholic institution, it seems to be fitting to quote a line from scripture. And why beholdest thou the note that is in thy brother's eye? but considerest not the beam that is in thy eyes. You see, for all the talk of white privilege in America today, which it's interesting to note the leading theorist of white privilege, Peggy McIntosh, even she acknowledges that that privilege is invisible. You can read her article, you can find it easily online, the knapsack of privilege is invisible. I would argue that the real color of visible privilege in America today is black. This is the impiety that I want to defend before you today. I say impiety, of course, because if you listen to our high priests uh, in the academy and the media, people who generally have a blue check mark on Twitter, you will find that they say that America is and always has been systemically racist. And they never tire of reminding us that in America today there are pronounced and systemic black-white gaps in almost every realm of life, 
And generally speaking, they are almost always to the detriment of our fellow black citizens. And yet, it seems to me that it is undeniable that, and I choose my words very carefully, in America today, <laughs> black people occupy a privileged place in our public life. One could argue the most privileged place, and I would argue that this is not going to be the topic today. I'm going to focus only on one impiety. I think women, you could say, are a close second. Let me give you a few examples. Black now is always capitalized, like the name of the Lord. White uh, is not. Can you stop it there? Please. I need to, I need to say something about that. Yeah. Um, we have black is capitalized for a purpose, for a reason. Mm-hmm. And this is how this is my point of view, and this is how I see it. Um, you, our our ancestors have been, you know, they were taken from their land, they were stripped of their everything, their culture, their beliefs, and everything. Mm-hmm. So, in order for us to find ourselves again, we had to recreate ourselves. So, you know, at one point in time, black was ugly. They mm-hmm. said, you know, if you're black, you know, you stay back, you know. Yeah. And, and so when we say black and we capitalize it, we're claiming it. It's ours. Right. Yeah, I really, uh, I, I tend to smirk whenever I hear this part of the speech because he goes after, he says exactly what I said about the, the machine shop talk. Mm-hmm. I, women come in a close second. Um, and then he goes on to attack Twitter or anybody with a blue check mark mm-hmm. because predominantly it's a uh, kind of a liberal forum. Um, however you want to look at that. I mean, obviously there's conservative uh, tons and tons of conservative people on Twitter, but um, I guess the, the company itself skews liberal. Um, but uh, it's, ju- it, it's just funny to me that he is calling out and making uh little jabs here and there to, uh, you know, companies, private companies and things like that. And it's so funny because exactly what Ryan said and what we've said a hundred times already, uh, this is not academic. It's Mm -mm. purely opinion. That's, these are his grievances. You know, I just feel like we're on the, on the playground and he he comes up to us and say, yo, you know, this is how you blah, 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 blah. You know, we're like, right. Dude, shut the blank up. That's how I feel. You're allowed to swear. Oh, I know. But. If you want to empower yourself and say, fuck it, I, I say go for it. <laughs> and, and don't I do miss, it all the time. Don't miss that he says black is now capitalized like the Lord. Right. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Oh, my right. gosh. Right. Very good point. Very good point. So, again, it's an angry point. Speak to it, point. Ryan. Go ahead. Why? Yeah, it's, it's like an angry point. Exactly. You know? Well, he's almost, he's. Like, why do you get to capitalize your name and not yeah, exactly. mine? <laughs> Yeah, that that's a you big have a, part of you it. You have a great point. He's an angry. Speak to it. Why did angry, he do it? Angry white man. That's what he is. He's an angry white man. Well, when, when we talk about equality, um, that means equality. That means equal. And now what he's doing is he's saying that the capital B in black has somehow transcended all of that, much like Jesus right. Christ has transcended. Right. And um, he's pandering to his audience. Yeah, we're, we're but, validating ourselves. They yeah. we, every every culture, every every human being validates themselves. We have our own our own title. But he's he's talking about in general. So like, yeah. if you're reading a newspaper article and they say something about black people, mm-hmm. the, the B is capital. Right. But if you're talking about white people, the W is little. It's lowercase. Like that was that's yeah. That's literally what he's saying. Mm-hmm. I'm just like how. St- 
stupid and immature right. is this? Like, are you kidding me? I don't even know who the hell would pick that out. To it's be honest. Somebody that's sitting around looking for shit to talk about, right, to exactly. be angry about, right. yeah. to, I've never, you know, I've point the finger noticed. and yeah. try to knock uh, the progress, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or the, the people of color off that, that pedestal, right? you know, yeah. that he's placed us on, not <laughs> us. Mm-hmm. Right. We are categorically forbidden to say in America today, and it is not the tetragrammaton. Those who mock black people or even criticize them mildly do so at their own peril. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ibram X. Kendi, who I think it is fair to say is America's leading public intellectual today, or at least most prominent public intellectual on racial questions, as he likes to say, quote, there is nothing wrong with black people, end quote. There is, by contrast, I think you all know, uh, quite a lot of money to be made by telling white people everything that is wrong with them. Now, it's funny. There's a sorry. It's funny. I mean, like, I when he said that, I my mind goes straight to comedy. It does. Uh, yeah. Because that is Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. And I mean, like, Richard Pryor. All the guys, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> all the guys that are sitting there, like, you know, they put on the white voice and they, and they try and, like, you know, do their do their routine and that is to me uh you know he's he's complaining about this and it's it's something that i think really loosens up people um when you have you know black comedians you know kind of throwing their jabs and they always equalize they mm-hmm. always go back and then they'll say something about the black culture and then they say something about the white culture and then they'll like make fun of Asians or something but <laughs> you know it's just like something that is meant to be uh you know fun and just kind of uh lighthearted and things like that he's he's just exploding you know what i mean mhm it's, it seems really you know, uh, strange. I'm just to me. curious. I wonder what Dave Chappelle would say if he heard this and heard this man. Very interesting. I have no idea. And, uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm curious. It's a bit of a wild card. He's in, he's in Ohio. He could head over there, right? Yeah. Now. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yellow Springs, Tag Ohio. Tag him in, in the mm-hmm. post. Something. There you go. Consensus amongst our elites that our fellow black citizens should not be held to the same standard of conduct as white people. Now, we have not yet reached the point where black Americans can simply demand admission to any institution of their choice. That said, standards are continuously lowered in the name of diversity. And when they can't be lowered any... So this is something that I wrote down because I I wanted to ask you guys your thoughts on that. Mm -hmm. Um, He says that academic standards are lower for African Americans. Um, This is... That's not the first time that I've heard that I've heard this, mm-hmm. uh, and he's he's using it as a weapon. He's weaponizing mm-hmm. it essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like you should respond or have some sort of response. Oh, I took some notes on this very so comment please. too. <laughs> the stage is yours. Yeah. Um, it's extremely insulting to suggest that basically things are dummied down or watered down, and he even goes on to say that it was completely abolished now because some schools don't even require SAT uh, testing or results. Right, yeah. It's optional if you want to share that. Um, Guess who didn't take either one of those tests? 
Me. I got into I got into college because I went to a two year uh, community college. That's how I got it. It's and it's amazing. Like it's that he's lumping this all together. That it's like it's just very black and white. Um, if a school has I, I, I like taken away the SAT um, requirements, I think maybe did it ever dawn on him because we're starting to recognize in the educational system about some testing and how it's not a cookie cutter thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you can be absolutely brilliant mm -hmm. and do poorly on the SATs, black, white, Asian, Latino. It doesn't matter. Right. right. But yet again, it's like black people now created. We don't even have that kind of power. Mm. Like we created this new standard. Um, and now because of you people, it's not even required that you have to take the SATs or if you take them, you don't have to submit the uh, results. Mm, I mean, right. that's just, yeah, just and, and absolutely asinine. That's well said. And I, I, I don't want to overpass the fact that it's not as simple as, oh, you're black. You don't have to take the SAT. There's, Right. The the system for getting into a college or university is we look at your educational background. Did you come from an underprivileged area that didn't have higher eco economic um, qualities and standards and take that into uh, consideration and all these different things that, that happen that gets you in a position to be accepted into a university. It's not simply, oh, you're this, forget about all the requirements. So right. what, what he's saying is exactly what you're saying. It, it's, oh, you're black, you're in. Right. That's not that's not the reality of this. So I just want to make sure everyone understands it's not as easily put as he's trying to make it. Right, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're just abolished. I don't know if you've heard about this, but there is a growing number of colleges and universities that no longer require ACT or SAT scores from applicants. We also, thankfully, have not reached the point where black criminals can demand legal immunity but there is a growing chorus of prominent voices who basically dismiss the entirety of our criminal justice system as racist and imply that the laws so I don't have the numbers but I can certainly produce them later um, let's talk about the minority population in prisons let's talk about um, the experiences that some minorities are having uh, with our police. Again, nothing against the police, but it's certain ones right. that we know. I mean, come mm -hmm. on. Right. Yeah. Like, let's stop playing patty cake with this thing and sugarcoating it. Mm -hmm. People are dying. People are, I have a family member who actually spent most of his life in prison who was falsely accused because mm. of, oh, it didn't matter. Mm. How can you say that this, like, that we have privilege and we don't have to adhere to the same standards, but we're the ones that are being killed. We're the ones that are being imprisoned falsely. Right. And not just for two days. Oh, sorry, you didn't do it. My bad. You're out. I'm talking about 20, 25, 30, 35 years. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. get out without any, like, consolation prizes. You know, you get right. you I don't get care nothing. if you gave me a billion dollars. You literally just took my entire life That's away. Right. Imagine me kidnapping you right now and taking you away from your family. Yeah. And in 30 years you return with no explanation. No, I can't see you. I can't touch you. I can't talk to you. Nothing. Right. 
Like, that's insane. It is. It's crazy. It, it I, just, I, I don't understand. And this is what I was talking about earlier. I don't understand where he sees uh, that you guys have such a privilege that you're not combating uh, things like police brutality or even just uh, verbal and and brutality from, uh, you know, a political party. Um, right. Or just being like how many TikTok videos or YouTube videos, uh, social media videos that are out there of people just trying to do again, everyday life mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And I live in a nice high rise. So I go out to swim in my pool that I pay for with my rent. Right. And I invite friends over and I'm stopped at the gate because I, and I'm questioned about, let me see your key and your ID yeah, prove exactly. that you live here. Yeah. And it's at a random white person. It exactly. is nobody who is an authoritarian figure. Exactly. It's because, you know, they have that, I got to go there, yeah. white privilege. We call those Karens. Oh, yes. Um, like, how do you belong here? You right? know? And it's crazy. I've seen I've seen a million of these videos just over the last couple of months. Uh, there was a gentleman at like a Walmart or something like that. Mm-hmm. A black gentleman who was in a, a very nice car. Um, it was like some kind of like, Mercedes, very mm-hmm. nice car. And this group of, and, and I'm not just like sitting here, like shitting on white people. This, this group, like, oh, obviously. he would be very upset with you hearing this because the speaker, yeah. because, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, but this, like, group of just like partial toothed rednecks uh, drive up and surround this gentleman's car. And they are, these are just people mm-hmm. in the Walmart parking lot. They're like, there to save the day from the terrible, right? scary black guy. Exactly. He must have sold this car. They wanted to see his uh, proof of like insurance and the owner's <laughs> car to the car. All this stuff. Like, who are you? Am right. I, am like, I being punked? <laughs> seriously. It's scary. It's, and that that's honestly what almost brings me to tears. That's what really triggers me. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's nuts. Because... I, and then people like don't understand why I am so protective over my loved ones, mm-hmm. especially my three sons. Mm-hmm. When they're out there driving, they're hanging out with friends, or they're the only black kid in a car full of white kids. Like all these different scenarios that they just, again, doing everyday stuff just like anybody else. Yeah. And I'm so deathly afraid that I'm going to get that phone call that like, mom, our car is surrounded. Mm -hmm. Mom, I was pulled over and they have their guns drawn. Mm -hmm. Mom, like this lady's accusing me of stealing her phone or wallet. There was a lady that was in a hotel lobby. I don't know if you saw this video. White lady who accused a young black male who was also staying in the hotel. I remember that. Of like, and meanwhile, like her phone was like in her purse the whole time. And I she was like, it. oh, my bad. Oops, I didn't see it. Because mm-hmm. he was walking around yeah. with a phone. That looked like that hers. That looked like hers. God forbid he actually have something of same quality of you, as you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, like, I saw that video. It was like wildly disturbing. Yes. Um, there were other ones. Uh, a guy went to go buy his kid a bike at Walmart. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Took it the whole way up to uh, the uh, cash register and everything. And uh, he paid for it with money, like Mm -hmm. just paid for it. And as he was on his way out, the cop showed up, put him in handcuffs, arrested him and said it was because 
somebody had called the cops on him for creating a disturbance in the store because he was he tested out the bike mm-hmm. in in the bike in the bike aisle. Right. Now, who in the fuck hasn't rode a bike in Walmart? Exactly. If I go get a bike, I ride that bike in Walmart. Right, right. I want to see how the seat feels. I want to see if it's comfortable for me to kick my leg up over the, the bar and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Like, who hasn't done that? Mm-hmm. And the cashier that was there that took the guy's money and sold him the bike, all that stuff, not even one time did she say like, hey, wait a minute. He paid for the bike. Uh-huh. Nobody tried to help. No, no. They don't want to get involved. L- listen. Wow. I have purchased, you know, you get your medication from Walmart. Yeah. They staple the bag shut. Right. With, with the receipt. With the receipt and everything. On top. How are you going to tell me or ask me when I'm going through the checkout line to check out all the, the per- stuff that I per- when I'm going to purchase mm-hmm. to provide, a, uh, ask me if I paid for that medication. How are you going to ask me that? Something I never experienced. Well, I did. I yeah, have several times. I, I want to make one one real quick point. Yeah, uh, relevant to what he's saying. So he said, um, "Black people now have immunity in many cities from prosecution for low level felonies." Um, so, just real quick point on that: uh, many prisons have now been privatized, which means that individuals or companies can now own prisons, and so they keep. Uh, in order for them to produce whatever they produce, they have to have inmates within that prison. Mm-hmm. And so there, uh, a lot of individuals have been sent to prison for low, low level felonies. We often hear of marijuana and things like that. Right. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden these prisons became full and this was essentially called a modern day slavery because mm-hmm. they're working for 25 cents to a dollar a day. Um, so now what has happened is there's been this sweep of decriminalizing some of those things like marijuana so that that doesn't come up. And what he's saying is now that that's, now that we're trying to correct that problem, now all of a sudden black people have immunity to these low level felonies. And so again, another situation where he is not using facts or education in any of this, he's just giving a perspective. Did he forget that when, you know, Jamal um, might have went to, went to jail because of the low level, you know, um, offense with the the marijuana. That his friend um, Bobby, who was white, um, also got you know might have been arrested too. But he's benefiting from this too as well. You know, mm-hmm. he's getting he's not it's not it's it's, it's across the board. You know, yeah. Just, Unreal. Yes. Let's listen to what this guy's got to say. You got a couple more minutes here. We can stomach it. Right. To black I put it to you this way. The prevailing wisdom in America today is that our fellow black American citizens have to be twice as good to get half as far as white people. I think that the opposite is perhaps closer to the truth. <laughs> now, I hear some giggling, and I understand I'm making some very provocative points. If we're going to make any headway, let's try to first of all understand what we mean by privilege. Uh, the term is confusing stop. Can somebody explain that to me as like a, a, to a dummy? Like I'm trying to figure out, like, I know it was a slight. I know it was uh, a shitty comment and stuff like that. What is, what is he actually trying to say? Is well, he- uh, can you clarify for me first of all, because I, I've heard this a couple of times and I couldn't make out what he said. He said, black people have to Go what twice work, as hard work twice as hard to get half as far. 
Right. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and he's saying the opposite is probably closer to the truth. So meaning that they don't, they don't have, they have to work half as hard to get twice as far as the opposite of that. Okay. That's what I, that's what I thought. I just didn't want to unload on that. It just like every, every single thing that this guy says is weaponized. You are a hundred percent correct. It's highly offensive. And like I said, at this point, I would have ducked out. I'd have been in the bathroom somewhere. Like, get me the fuck out of this room. Well, this is where this, this, the laughing starts. Yeah. You can, you can hear him address it. He goes, I hear some snickering or I hear some giggling. Right. Yeah. Yep. And I think he calls out his buddy uh, somewhere. Speaking in America today, somewhere soon. In the first one is the way, uh, it's the way that it is used by the people who study privilege for a living, generally academics. And in their view, the, there, there is no, it is not possible for there to be such a thing as black privilege because they define privilege as the benefits that are bestowed upon oppressors in an oppressor system. And they say that America is a white supremacist regime and that therefore, by definition, it cannot bestow privileges upon the black people and other people of color in oppressors. So I put it to you this way, the entire field of privilege studies takes it as axiomatic, a self-evident truth that is not to be questioned, that America is by whites, for whites, and of whites. And if you press them and ask them to prove their case, they generally give you two arguments. One is the past mistreatment of blacks in America. And second, as I mentioned, are these persistent disparities that you notice in American life outcomes that almost always cut against black people and in the direction of whites. Now, what would I respond to that? I don't know a single person uh, who thinks that black people have been well-treated in American history. I, I don't think it's a controversial position to say that we were de facto a white supremacy for most of our history. Uh, I am not making the silly or foolish or impossible to make argument that black Americans have always had privilege. That's nonsense. I am looking at contemporary America, America today. So not America under James Crow, not in colonial America when we had slavery. Second, if you look... So that was the part that I was talking about. That's what I was referencing earlier. Um, the fact that he thinks that, you know, everything is just all well and good right now and that... Everyone should just believe that. Yeah. Again, what rock does he live under? Right. To not see, like. Yeah, that's my. That was what? my wife. <laughs> she, she has a. She has something to say about yeah. it. Let's, right. Yeah. Let's get her in here. Dal Jesse in real quick. No. <laughs> um, it's just it's mind blowing to try to figure out people like this. You know, like, again, what rock we'll are you ever, living under? We'll, we'll never figure, figure them out. It's But we have to deal with it. We have to address the issues that they they say and, um, you know, um, just go from there. Yeah. I wanted to bring up something real quick that's kind of like off of the piece that we're talking about right now. Um, when I was mentioned earlier about um, some of the opinions that I've seen on social media and things like that, and that uh, this could be seen as like a way to make our students aware of what's being taught out there, et cetera. One of the other things that I don't think I mentioned was I saw some comments around um, if we start 
again with the freedom of speech, if we mm-hmm. start um, silencing individuals like this gentleman, which we're not trying to do, you just right. did it in the wrong area. Mm-hmm. I don't care where the hell else you say it, but yeah. not there. Um, if we start to silence individuals like this, then we would have to silence other individuals that are saying whatever they want to say, including people like us. Right. That we should just shut this podcast down because. Right. You yeah. know. So if we shut yeah. him down, then we have to shut you down. And if we shut you down, then he even made reference, the, the gentleman that made the comment that I've seen on social media to like the MLKs, like wouldn't have a voice then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a bunch of different comments on, uh, on YouTube. Um, and it, it just seemed that, uh, you know, everyone there's, there's no just understanding. There's no gray area to anything anymore. It's very extreme one way or the other. Right. Um, you know, and it's sad. It's sad that like, I mean, because I, I'm very much for freedom of speech, obviously. Um, and you know, sometimes I'm really glad that people like this go ahead and do whatever they do just so I know who the assholes in the room are. Right. And you know, you want to out yourself. That's great. Cool. I know who the fuck to stay away from. Exactly. Uh, you know, this all goes back to the whole, like you are, uh, the average of the five people you hang around. Uh, if you're going to hang around with this guy, you're probably, uh, you know, your brain is probably, uh, tarnished as well. I'm very curious how they're going to move forward. Um, this is going to be tough. St. Saint, Saint Vincent, yeah, you mean? Yeah. Definitely. Well, yeah. and so they did issue a, uh, we'll call it a statement. Yeah. Um, Dr. Gary Quinlivan issued a statement and I'm not going to call it an apology because there wasn't an apology in there. No, not even uh, at all. No. I read it three times and I was like, did I miss it? But, but I think that was very calculated the way that he put that because again, I said this earlier, individuals in higher education feel as though they're, they're losing their ability to have that freedom of speech that you guys are talking about. Uh, I, I don't, if I was that guy, Dr. Quinlivan, I probably wouldn't have put that out. That's right. I would have definitely gotten, um, in it, another individual's in, and maybe he did, maybe he asked somebody else. Um, definitely a person who was affected by this mm-hmm. way more than he was. Uh, but you could see a lot of, a lot of comments on, on Facebook and YouTube who were very upset at the way that St. Vincent handled it so far. I think it goes back to the minimization of it. It's like after the damage is done, after the person is murdered, after the person is traumatized, after the person is like, oops, sorry, we imprisoned you for 25 years. Like Mm -hmm. here's the apology. And I have air quotes there. Like, It's so, again, uh, insulting. I asked my son uh, about this. Obviously, we've had many conversations over the past couple of days about this. And he shared with me a letter that he got from the president. And this email was probably two pages long, if not more. And it was a bunch of a mixture of things, uh, scripture, condemning racism, but like pray for them and, you know, stand against racism. Um, a lot of links and references to, or a few, I should say to like their policies on this and the, the 
easy steps to um, address this kind of thing. Like all of the quote unquote, like political things to say and do, but like, just keep it simple. Mm -hmm. We're sorry this happened and we can assure you it won't happen again. Mm -hmm. And we're going to hold the people accountable that booked this gentleman and moving forward, we're going to be more aware and conscious that this created a lot of damage right? in a lot of ways and keep it simple, plain and sweet and to the point. Mm-hmm. That's Instead, really, it was just like a yeah. three page email that you're meant to lo- like lose yourself in. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just exactly. like, wait a minute, stand I had back. I read it like five times like, just to yeah. like try to highlight some of the points to it, let alone young adult students who are like, you know, Right. Who's going to take that much time? To right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I th- you, you mentioned after the tragedies happen, after the murders happen, after those things have happened, then there's an apology. I think a big part of this is that th- this was a very reactive state where they could have been proactive in the sense of, let's see what you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Oh, that title causes some questions. Let's look into what you're actually going to be talking about. Right. And then this situation never happens. Instead. Well, you said that he changed the, the title. Right. This is a little tricky. The title has changed over the last few days. What yeah, a, it was, it what was black privilege is how it was posted under the conference that was going on. Mm-hmm. And then it's only black lives matter is in the, the statement slash apology that was put out there. So somehow the title changed over a couple of days. Right. I don't know how that happened. Um, but clearly someone was not proactive looking into this. And so now they have to take a, a stance of, Oh, we you know, we're not for discrimination, which is not really addressing the problem. Right. right. And that's, again, what the email was about. And um, we have to pray against racism and stand against racism. And But what are you going to do, literally, that's, like, tangible to help my son get through the next year of his education there? And the other students as well, the faculty and staff that have been impacted by this, what are you going to do? Yeah. We should hire somebody to come in and speak to them and kind of like minister to them mm-hmm. in regards to how they've been impacted by this. Yeah. And this stirred a lot of um, emotions from alumni that have, you know, been there. And um, definitely. And, and, and they are saying they're pulling their money. Yeah. You know, um, they're pulling their money out. They're they're passing it on to other um, scholars um, mm-hmm. from different colleges. Um, Which is funny because he said this gentleman here said at the very beginning of the video, uh, he commented on the donors and said that you know you guys made this such a beautiful place and blah 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 and all this <laughs> stuff. Well, <laughs> it's they really should. I mean, you know, everything's back to normal. Uh, you don't have to worry about COVID. They really should pack people into the very auditorium or whatever mm-hmm. and have a real discussion. Absolutely. An I'm academic discussion, just like Definitely. Ryan was talking about. Invite the public. Invite, you know, yeah. I have to send a shout out to um, my um, friends of, um, you know, non-colored friends, my my peeps that are that are so very supportive of me mm-hmm. and love on me and everything, and um, they reached out to me. They sent you know um, 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 comments on my Facebook page, 
and I, you know, I love them and they're supportive, you know, and this, this, and, and no, they, and I hear people saying they're sorry. It's like, no, I understand. You know, I, I want you to, I understand you feel what, what I feel and mm-hmm. that's wonderful, but I'm not blaming you. Right. It wasn't you. And it, it has nothing to do with reflecting on who you are as a person. This is one individual who does represent a percentage of people that see things this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if, you know, and you might have people in your family that see this too as well, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Don't overlook that, you know, go, go to them with love and explain to them like, dude, you're not, you're not seeing the world the way everybody else is seeing it. You right. you know you need to you need to try to understand this, but don't don't sugarcoat it. Don't come to me and say, "Are you sure he meant it to say that that way?" I don't want to ever hear that again. Right? Because when a black person tells you somebody is coming at them in a in a racial um, a negative point of view and being racist, you better believe them. Yeah, we have a sixth sense, just mm-hmm. like any other. Uh, situation you know a child has an energy a sixth sense about maybe a predator mm-hmm. yeah um so it, again I, I agree don't, you know, don't judge us. that yeah. don't question it and i can um agree with you as well there are am- amazing non-minorities doing so much good um in this community and you two are two of them so thank, thank you, you. Thank you. Yeah, thank thank you um, for allowing us to have a space and having a of voice course. and yeah. sharing this. Um, I think that a lot of times there's non-minorities who feel like they can't speak on it because well, I'm not black or I'm not you or I don't know the experience. But to be very honest, I think it holds way more weight than probably what you give it credit for. Um, because then it's validating in the sense of Mm -hmm. here's people who haven't experienced what we've experienced. They don't look like us. And yet they're like angry. They're, um, speaking out They're you know, doing something about it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's, especially like for your, uh, for your like white friends and everything Mm -hmm. like that, they're reaching out and saying sorry and things. It's, that's kind of like, I'll I'll uh, break down that wall for you. It's us feeling awkward Mm -hmm. because one group, one person in our group had to fucking wreck it for everybody else. Yep. So we're always the ones that are like, all right, sorry about that guy. But it's just like, like we're not all like this. Listen, you, y'all don't have to claim them. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because there's, there's black people He's out fucking there. Canadian. Get them back. Yeah. <laughs> Send them back. That we will say, mm, no, I'm, we're not claiming you. You know? Right, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's absolutely like in every uh, race or ethnic group mm-hmm. yeah. that that can apply. I just wanted to add something real quick I forgot about earlier. There is a, um Instagram account that students and alumni are uh, talking about the injustice that they experienced or witnessed at this event. Mm-hmm. And it's called SVC Equality. SVC equality. So if you go on there and read some of it, I have not had the chance to do that yet, but I plan to. Yeah. Um, for, for those that have, that I've heard from, uh, it's pretty horrific. Mm. Yeah. As they share their, you know, what they felt going through this. Yeah. Um, as far as this video is concerned, we, uh, I, I personally only have access to uh, this one video. Apparently there were, 
eight or nine parts I think to eight, it. Eight, eight of them at least. Okay. And, and they go all the way to the Q and a and stuff like that in, you know, I, I'm probably going to get beat up for, you know, someone's going to be like, well, why didn't you play the rest of the conversation? I don't have to. The dude, right. the dude outed himself in the first 10 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. 10 <laughs> seconds. You know, didn't say good morning to anyone and just launched, uh, you know, an all out war uh, on yeah. on race and mm-hmm. like, why? Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it really, it makes me glad to know that you guys feel comfortable to come in here and use this platform to talk. And, uh, you know, that's, that's really all I wanted to do. And, and, uh, you know, just to be transparent to like everybody, I sent the email to all of you guys last night and just said like, Hey, I really want you guys to be doing the talking and we will, you know, Ryan and I will steer the ship and, and, and put our, uh, thoughts and stuff out there, but you know, this was, this was, this was you guys. This is what, uh, this is what we needed to hear, mm. you know, it was from you guys and like how, uh, that affected you, your kids. I mean, especially you have a son that goes to the university. I couldn't even imagine walking out of the auditorium and having people just staring at me looking for, some kind of a reaction yeah, mm-hmm, like, definitely. Oh man, how does that guy he, feel? He was not in it. Um, right. Thankfully, but he does know people that were in it. I'm trying to actually get a hold of those young people now yeah. so that I can, um, give them a place to be able to share how they feel. Yeah. But, um, he was not in there, but certainly he's still taking classes on campus. Um, he moved out of the dorms after the partly through the COVID thing, because I thought, you know, we're, paying tuition for you to sit in a classroom mm-hmm. i mean in your dorm on your laptop doing classes remotely so it was just like come okay, on yeah yeah we so. wanted him to have the real experience you know even though it's mm-hmm. only 10 minutes away but then once everything yeah. happened it was just like he's cooking his own food um having to order out and buy his own groceries when that's paid for as well because right. the food that's a whole not, there's a whole instagram uh, page about that the food i wouldn't feed it to my dog oh my gosh really yeah no like there's pictures <laughs> that's mm. disgusting Jeez. yeah um i just wanted i wanted to thank you guys for being willing short notice uh <laughs> maybe you know 24 hours ago uh we decided that you know this topic was uh absolutely necessary to talk about because again this is in our backyard latrobe uh from greensburg uh latrobe latrobe however you want to say it um latrobe yeah that's that's how the og said um but uh it's it's 15 minutes down the road Mm -hmm. um and like i said the, the steelers practice there we're all we all have been there we all go there we have all like uh you know experience some time in that, in mm-hmm. that place. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because the, the church is beautiful and the grounds are beautiful and the Steelers go there and all that stuff that really, it doesn't, uh, doesn't negate the fact that somebody should have, uh, vetted this guy way more closely, especially if they knew the topic of his speech. But I, I think that's the, the, the flip side of this point is they knew and they were okay with it. Yeah. yeah. You that, know? That's troubling. You can't tell me you did not know what this dude was coming to talk about. Yeah, exactly. The title alone gave it away. Yep. Um, and you had to 
at least look up some history on them or, you know, whichever. So there's just, there's, there's no way that they didn't know. And that's, what's disturbing to me even more. Mm -hmm. You knew exactly what he was coming to do and say, or at least had a hell of a good idea. And you were okay with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And had the audacity to use it for extra credit points. I think the kids Mm -hmm. that are in there, should take advantage of their black privilege. (laughs) And instead of getting three extra credit points, you get five. Mm, The non-minorities get two. And can we get get Pamela some black privilege? (laughs) She asked for it at the beginning of the episode. If somebody could send her some, that would be... That would be awesome. (laughs) And can it be be tied up in a nice little bow too? There you go. Awesome. I really want to thank you guys for coming in. Let's end this on a very positive note. Uh, I want you guys to throw out some links, plug yourselves, what you do. Uh, Pamela, you're an artist. How can people see your art? How can oh. they get a hold of you? How can they She's purchase good. pieces? She's good. <laughs> Thank yes. you. Um, Featured I, in the the Trib. The Trib. Yeah. What, last Twice? year and this year. Twice, yeah. All it was right. back to back, as my cousin said. He goes, you got to get that, that those pieces out there. there um, I have a studio, and it's located um, on Main Street. It's in the Westmoreland Cultural Trust Building. I am part of the you. incubator. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That black privilege got you in that building. Oh, just All righty <laughs> then. And uh, so I'm basically right now, um, if, and you know, I go by appointments only basically right now, but I'm going to try to open up on like at least one day out of the week or every two weeks or something like that. But, um, you know, I, I'm doing commission work. I'm doing commission work for, um, other states, a guy out in California now. So it's, it's starting to pick up and it's all due to social media. I want to thank people for looking at my work and sharing it. Please keep sharing, keep sharing it. Um, I love the work that other people do. I share their work on my, my um, social media too, as well. Um, But as you all know that um, there's a whole world out there of different art and you know every every artist is going to find somebody that's going to like their work so just keep plugging i've been doing it for some years now so So what's your account under um it's under um studio one creations um and and that that's with the one it's like studio um underscore one with the number underscore creation underscore and that's on um um uh, ig okay you can see very good. Tara? She never gives herself enough credit. Right? Uh, she's been recognized so much. I can't, like, pass up saying that. I'm sorry. Uh, she's been, and I've seen her from the beginning of working her way into, her artwork is in uh, Art in the Alley here. Oh, um, nice. And her selection that's also in that alley was on the invitation for the opening of the art in the alley. No way. Yeah. So that, that invitation <laughs> went to like, you know, all of Westmoreland County and then some, um, and just even the display that was down at, uh, Pitt university. And now it's, well, it was at UPG up here. So shout out to them for, you know, bringing it up here. So people could walk around and look at it being recognized in New York. I mean, she's been in papers and different publications, like all over. She never gives herself enough credit. <laughs> it drives me crazy. And I can say that because she's like one of the closest people in, uh, yeah. to me. So. That's fantastic. As for myself, uh, my name is Tara Gandhi, and I am the owner and therapist of Building Bridges Together Consulting and Counseling Services. Um, and I do have an office space uh, in my in my home. 
Um, I'm very proud of the mental health growth uh, within our community and the, the focus that's going into that and the work that is being done. Um, so that's, that's truly my heart and passion. Um, I'm definitely not your traditional therapist. My passion is to get out there and educate people about mental health, how to get it, why to get it, uh, who to go to. If you want to go through your insurance, don't want to go through your insurance, uh, which is the consulting piece, getting out to churches, businesses, schools, organizations, helping them develop a, a good rapport amongst the people that they are employing or working with so that, um, you know, they recognize what they're going through as individuals. I think we just get so caught up in uh, the hustle and bustle that we don't pay attention to what's going on with the individuals around us, whether it's your boss, whether it's your employee or whichever. Um, so that's truly, you know, what Building Bridges uh, Together is about. So you can find me on Facebook under Building Bridges Together uh, Counseling. And I am also under the same on uh, Instagram and some of the arms and legs of that lastly is speak on it porch talk, um, which if you want to check that out, I will be interviewing some of the students uh, from St. Vincent that have been involved in this situation. That really should be cool. very good. Yeah. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yes. And lastly, mamas with Brown sons uh, was a platform mm-hmm. that I created with everything that was going on around George Floyd. And um, even prior to that and being a mom of three sons who are Brown um, and just giving people a space to talk about the, hot topics around that and the awkwardness and just having a place to vent, cry, scream, yell, laugh, whatever they need to do mm-hmm. in order to uh, get through this process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Go check out all those links. And if you want to uh, travel down the, the rabbit hole, uh, that link was SVC equality. Yes. On uh, Instagram. <laughs> Go check that out. I, I, I want to see some memes on that. Definitely. With that guy. If anybody got any good memes, that would be, oh, yeah, sure that that would be great. <laughs> Tim Hortons comes to America. <laughs> <laughs> Later, folks. <laughs> Bye.